I'm going to preach a message today to you called the promise of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say the promise. Come on, I need you to be loud and proud. Somebody say the promise. All right. We're starting week two of this series called Supernatural, okay? And I introduced it last week as a series that uh, we just believe that that's the word for this year for our church is supernatural. Then God told me to make that the name of the series that we were going to do for the entire year. So for the next year, we're going to be learning uh, through the book of Acts. We're going to be walking uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the book of Acts together looking to the Holy Spirit, looking to God to uh, change hearts and change lives. And, and if you believe that God's going to do something miraculous over the course of this next year, would you say amen? Because I certainly believe it. We serve a God of the impossible. And so why would he stop 2,000 years ago? No, no, no. He's still moving. He's still speaking today. And so we're going to experience the goodness of God right here at Radical Church in Kyle, Texas. And so Supernatural Week 2, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let me pray real quick as we kind of enter into this uh, message today. Father, I pray that you just open up our eyes, ears, hearts, and minds to receive the word that you have for us today. I know this word is new for some people here today. Some people might not believe the stuff I'm going to say. They might not understand some things, God, but it doesn't matter. Just Holy Spirit, come and, and teach us your ways. Teach us who you are, God. Open us up to receive a word from you to see the miraculous in our lives, to be clothed with power from on high. And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us every day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I told you we were gonna walk through the book of Acts, and really today is the first day we're kind of cracking open the book of Acts, all right? And so I wanna kind of set the stage and set the tone for where we are at and what that looks like and a little bit about Acts. So the book is written by Luke, which... Uh, you will know Luke from the Gospels. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which those are the different Gospels. And, and actually in Bible college, when, when you go, they, they have what's called the Synoptic Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, and John. But then you have another class that's called Luke-Acts. And the reason it's Luke-Acts is because Luke actually wrote both of those. Now, we don't necessarily know this per se because he doesn't say I am Luke, and I'm writing the book of Acts. But there's some, uh, there's some textual evidence in there and some ways that he speaks, the way that he writes, and, and a few little things in there that it, church history has confirmed that Luke is the one that wrote this. It's fairly obvious. And, and so what you see is this, this first book of Luke, which is called the Gospel of Luke. What is this all about? It's Luke saying, hey, this is the story of Jesus while he was here on earth. And then he writes his second volume, if you will, and it's, hey, this is after Jesus is gone. So that's what the book of Acts is. And it's also known as the Acts of the Apostles. And it's really cool to see how God moves through the apostles, moves through the disciples, the original ones that were there with Jesus. And, um, and so Luke writes all of this, but, but what do we know about Luke aside from that? Well, we know that he was a doctor. We know that he was good friends with Paul. Which if you know anything about Paul, Paul is the one that goes from Saul to Paul. And, and Luke is actually the one that records this entire story of his conversion. And he traveled extensively with Paul. And you could see this all throughout the book of Acts. And we will see this is that many times it says, we did this. We went here. We were talking to this person. And then we did this. And most of the time, what that means is, it means Paul and Luke, and then maybe a few others if they were traveling with them at the time. 
So Luke is writing this, and he tells the story so beautifully of Saul's conversion to Paul from being a Christian killer. That's what Saul was. He killed Christians for sport almost. And then he converts and Jesus meets him in this incredible experience called Damascus Road Experience is what they call it, where Jesus meets him in the middle of this road and then bam, his life is forever changed. And and so Luke actually records that in the book of Acts and we will get to that in a few weeks. So he also tells the story of how the gospel of the good news of Jesus spread rapidly. Within just 30 and 40 years, almost the entire known world knew about Jesus. It's incredible how fast. And it was really through Paul and his missionary journeys, setting up the churches all over Asia, setting up churches all in uh, the land of the Gentiles, right? And so the book of Acts is, is called the Acts of the Apostles, but it could also easily be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Really, it truly could. If you took the book of Acts and it was just its own book on its own, maybe it was a play, the Holy Spirit would be the lead actor in this play. 57 times the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the book of Acts. And and, and the Holy Spirit is called different things. It's called a helper. It's called a comforter. The Holy Spirit is called the Spirit or the Spirit of God or just the Holy Spirit. So many different ways that the Holy Spirit is referenced in the book of Acts, but it's 57 times. And another thing that we need to know is that the Holy Spirit is not just this this force, right? It's not like my my son just watched a couple of Star Wars movies with me the other day, and now he thinks that he has the force, okay? Like, he really does. He has lightsabers, and he broke all three of them so fast, but he had had lightsabers, and he'd be like, force! And, you know, of course, I'm like, what? you know, he's blowing me back here. This is crazy. You know, he thinks he has a force. A lot of times we view the Holy Spirit in that way. Like it's just, it's just some force, uh, but this is not true at all. What do we know about the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a person distinct from the father, distinct from the son. We believe in the Trinity, which is the father, son, and what? Holy Spirit. Okay. So we have father, son, Holy Spirit. And, and we don't understand how this works. To be honest, I don't even care. All right. Like God will tell me one day when I get up to heaven. All right. I don't need to know all the answers right now. If I understood everything that God did, I would be God, right? Come on now. So I'm not going to try to understand how this works. What we do know is the Bible tells us that there are three distinct persons, but they're all one at the same time, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so we have the Holy Spirit as a person mentioned 57 times, so important, doing amazing miracles and all these crazy things through the apostles. And if this is a person and the Holy Spirit is promised to us many, many times, and he's mentioned that many times after Jesus goes away, I think we should figure out who this person is. Somebody agree with me today? I think we should know who the Holy Spirit is. I think we should want to get to know him maybe a little bit better. A lot of people know a lot about the Son. We know a whole lot about Jesus. We pray, Jesus, 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 is that and the other. We talk about the Father a whole lot, and the Father's good. You're a good, good Father, right? You know, we sing all the songs. What about the Holy Spirit? You know, like, it's kind of like the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity, okay? Like, no, no, that's not how this works. He's just as much God as the Father and the Son, and we need to know who the Holy Spirit is. So he will guide you into truth. Let me tell you what he does, okay? He'll guide you into truth. He'll guide you into righteousness. The Bible says that he will baptize you with supernatural power and authority from on high. Come on, who wants that in their lives? Amen. He will empower you to share your faith boldly with others, help you to understand the Bible. The Holy Spirit, it says that he will illuminate God's word to you. Isn't that incredible? 
The Holy Spirit illuminates God's word. As you are reading the Bible, when you're baptized in the spirit of God, oh man, when you're reading something, it's like the words just jump out at you, right? It's incredible. And then it'll give you peace in the middle of the storms of life. He will teach you how to live like Christ. And ultimately, he will lead you closer to Jesus. And I believe that all of those things are things that all of us want. Amen. Like I would want all that happening in my life. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, here's the ultimate deal. You are not working in your own power anymore. I've tried to work in my own power before. I've tried to work with the knowledge of God, but not the power of God. Doesn't work. I need the power of God moving in my life and through my life. And I want that for you as well. And so um, the Holy Spirit is promised to all believers and is for you today. That's the best part. That's my whole message today. If I could just put it in one sentence that the Holy Spirit is promised to all believers and that he is for you today, right here and right now. So let me give you a little timeline of how this works in the promise of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, we know he gets crucified. He's dead and he's buried. And then he's raised up again on the third day. And then he appears to his disciples over the course of 40 days. A lot of people think that when Jesus is raised from the dead, it's like, all right, deuces, I'm out. Woo, and he goes straight back to heaven. No, that's not how it happened. He stuck around for 40 days. It says he appeared to his disciples and many other people. A lot of people saw Jesus raised from the dead. And so he's talking to people, encouraging them, teaching them, doing all this stuff. And during that time is when Jesus, once again, actually promises the Holy Spirit will come but that's not the first time the Holy Spirit was promised to believers. Not the first time. In fact, the Old Testament promises the Holy Spirit. But you're like, hold on a second. Holy Spirit is in the book of Acts. It's in the New Testament. It's not in the Old Testament. Absolutely it is. Let me show you. Let's go to the prophet Joel 2, chapter 2, verse 28 and 29. This is Joel speaking from God. It says, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Somebody say, all flesh. It's a weird thing to repeat together. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Now, when you translate the all flesh back into the original language, it literally means all flesh, okay? It means everybody, okay? It's the same exact thing that you would think. It's all flesh. Every single person, I will pour out my spirit in this earth, even on the male and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit. What is he saying? Everybody. It's available to everybody, my spirit. And so in Acts 2 on the day of Pentecost, um, you see Peter, he actually quotes this passage. It's incredible when he does because they, they, they go through this time of Pentecost and 10 days of prayer in the upper room. The Holy Spirit comes and baptizes every single one of them in the Holy Spirit and fire, which we'll talk about in a second. We talked about last week as well. And they start speaking this unknown language to them. But people are saying like, this is crazy. Like these dudes look like they're drunk. And he's like, it's nine in the morning. We're not drunk. We're just full of the Holy Spirit right now. And he starts preaching this message saying, this is what was prophesied by Joel. This is what was prophesied. Like what is happening right now is a fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecy that God would pour out his spirit on all flesh. And actually when, when Peter says it, he doesn't say uh, afterwards. He says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit. How many of you know that we're living in the last days? Come on now, like Jesus is coming back soon. I believe it and I hope you believe it too. Because listen, 
every day after Jesus left is considered the last days, right? We are in the last days, and I believe Jesus is coming back soon, and he is coming back for a bride, for a church that is full of power, that is not dead, that is not weak, but is taking ground for the kingdom of God. Jesus wants to come back, and he is going to say, look at my amazing church. Look at the bride that I have built up from the ground up. He wants to take us to glory and glory, and we are going to be powerful when we go. Amen? So, in the last days, and then John the Baptist promises the Holy Spirit, This is all before Jesus is even on the scene, all right? So we have Joel, now we have John. Luke 3.16, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now we talked about fire last week a little bit. We'll talk about it some more later. Baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. What do we learn right here? is that John is saying, listen, I baptize you guys in water. Jesus is going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. So what is he saying? When Jesus comes, he is going to do something different. He is going to send the Holy Spirit. He's going to do that. And so he promises the Holy Spirit, says it will come from Jesus. So then Jesus comes on the scene. So we got Joel, John, and Jesus. All the J's are prophesying about the Holy Spirit. Before his crucifixion in John 14, it says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. That's a word. And I will ask the father and he will give you another helper. This is the Holy Spirit to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this is the first time we really see here that he's saying that the Holy Spirit is going to be your helper. That's amazing. I know I need some help. Ask my wife. Amen. (laughs) Spirit of truth. He's your helper. You know him, but eventually he's going to be, he dwells with you, but he's going to be in you. It's going to be different. And then a little bit later it says the helper, the Holy spirit, whom the father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. This is where we get this idea that when you look to scripture and you write the words of God on your heart, you ever gotten a moment before where you're like, man, I just started saying this Bible verse. I didn't even know that I knew that Bible verse. Like, this is crazy, you know? A lot of times that's the Holy Spirit that will bring to remembrance a Bible verse or a word from God to encourage somebody in your life. He is our helper, our comforter, brings remembrance of the things that Jesus has taught you in your life. And a little bit later, two chapters later, it says, Jesus to his disciples says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, if I was a disciple and Jesus says, it's to your advantage that I leave, that I do sit out of here. I think if I was a disciple, And I had seen all of the amazing miracles that Jesus had performed. The lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear. He has these words of knowledge about people and knows things about them. This is like, there's no way you can know this about him. He's done all these amazing miracles. He's poured out his love and, and just his grace and forgiveness on people. And he's saying things that like no one's ever even thought of before. Like, this is crazy. He's doing all these amazing things. And he says, it's actually better that I leave. If I was a disciple, I'd be like, I'm not so sure about that, you know? Like, are you sure, Jesus? Is that really what you want to do? You want to leave. 
Like you think that's a good idea. I think you should reconsider, okay? Like I think we need you here. I don't think you should go because we really need you around. But here's the deal. If Jesus says that I need to go because the next guy that's coming is amazing, you're gonna need him, I think we should believe him, amen? If Jesus says something, should we believe him? Okay, but yet, if I had physically, if Jesus was here in the room, I, I wouldn't want him to go either, right? Because we've seen all the amazing things he's done. But Jesus is implying and he's saying, and we know this now, of course, is he's like, well, I, I'm only in one place at one time in this fleshly, earthly body that I have. But when I go back to heaven, man, I'll ask the Father and he will send that helper. He will send the Holy Spirit to you and he could be at all places at all times. He will not just be around you, but he will live in you and he will clothe you in power from on high and you will have my spirit with you everywhere that you go. That's why he says it's better that he goes. I think we should believe him. I think that's probably the right thing to do. John 16, 13 through 15. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. I love this. He will declare to you the things that are to come. Now, I, there's many times in my life where I've heard God tell me to do something or I've heard him say something that was going to happen in the future or I've seen it. Sometimes I've had some visions before. I've had dreams before. Just like Joel prophesied, you will dream dreams, see visions, things like that. Okay. When you're full of the spirit of God, these things just start to happen. When you're hungry for God and you ask for more, these things start to happen. It's just how it goes. And it's incredible. Sometimes God has told me things that were going to happen and then I'll know it's going to happen and I can kind of like do something about it. Or I have so many stories, guys, so many stories. And I'll tell you a bunch of them over the next few weeks and months. I can't wait to just tell you the stories of what God's done. But you know what I'm more excited for? I'm more excited for the stories that are going to happen. Like not the stories in the past. I'm excited for what God's about to do. Oh, Lord Jesus, I'm getting off track. Here we go. Back to the notes. He would declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He's saying, Jesus, he will glorify me. So what is the primary job of the Holy Spirit? To glorify Jesus. If you didn't know that, you know it now. The Holy Spirit will point people back to Jesus at all times. And there's some people don't give the Holy Spirit any room at all or don't really know anything about the Holy Spirit. But there's some other people actually that they're like crazy on Holy Spirit and that's all they want to talk about. And it's like the Holy Spirit's primary job is to point people to Jesus, point them to Jesus, point them to Jesus, point them to Jesus. It's people getting saved, healed, delivered, and set free. That is the primary role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It says, he'll glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All the father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Then Jesus promises the Holy Spirit again after he's been raised. Okay, here we go. Luke 24, 49. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you've been clothed with power from on high. And now the same exact thing that Jesus says, but it's in the book of Acts now. So that's Luke and this is Acts. It's the same writer. Okay, he's just reiterating it again. It says, while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart Jerusalem but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me for John baptized with water, 
You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we have Joel who prophesied the Holy Spirit, who promised the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus who promised the Holy Spirit. We have Jesus again who promises the Holy Spirit. We have John who promised the Holy Spirit before Jesus even came on the scene. I don't know about you, but it sounds like that there is a promise of this Holy Spirit and that he is coming and all we have to do is take a hold of it. It sounds like that he's going to bring power. It says it will clothe you in power and baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. What does that sound like? It sounds like the Holy Spirit is very important and we should be paying attention. It sounds like if Jesus put a whole lot of emphasis on you needing the Holy Spirit and the disciples needing the Holy Spirit, I think we should press into that a little bit. What do we think? We're on the same page. You just look to it. It's right here. Joel prophesied it. John the Baptist, Jesus, the Father promised it. But, he, but here's what he said. He said, wait. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you receive the power. Why does he say that? Could they have just, when Jesus zips back up onto heaven, they could have been like, all right, time to go tell everybody about Jesus. Let's go. But what would they have been doing? They would have been working in their own power and their own authority, which is way less than the authority and power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Why would you try to live this life, this Christian life on your own without the power of the Holy Spirit? You need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your life to lead you and guide you. I'm telling you. It's different. Can you be a Christian and you're not full of the Holy Spirit and go to heaven? Absolutely. Will you accomplish everything that God has for you to accomplish in your life? No, you will not. I promise. Guarantee it's right here. You know why? Because Jesus said that they wouldn't. He said, you better not. <laughs> you better not try this on your own. You need something more. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I think it's safe to say the Holy Spirit is important. If you agree, say amen. amen. Jesus said, wait, don't do anything until you receive him. What's the best part, guys? What's the best part today? The promise wasn't just for them, but the promise is for you. It wasn't just for the disciples. It's for you today. A lot of people say, well, you know, the Holy Spirit moving and all this stuff, you know, that was just, that was 2,000 years ago. God doesn't work like that anymore. And to those people, I would say, you're wrong. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. I mean, like, I, I don't know how else to say that. It just is, it is what it is. I mean, I've seen too many things. I've seen God work in too many ways. I've seen too many miracles. I've seen people healed right in front of my eyes. I've seen people's addictions be broken and people that have come in uh, to church before that are just, you would never think that there's any way they could ever give their lives to God. There's no way that they could ever be saved. But let me tell you about what my God can do. You don't tell me about what my God can't do. Let me show you what my God can do. Like, like what are we doing? Is that faith? Like, do you even have faith? That God is still a miracle working God? Why would he stop doing what he did? Why would he stop? It doesn't even make sense. You won't find it in your Bible anywhere. It's not there. I believe that God is a miracle working God today. And the promise isn't just for them. It's for you. For you to live your life with power. For you to have the authority of Christ. And when he sends out his disciples, the Great Commission, he says... All power and authority has been given to me. Therefore, 
go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? What is he saying? I have all the power and authority. It's given, given to me by the Father. Now I give it to you. So now go and make disciples. But before you go, wait. <laughs> A little confusing, right? <laughs> go, but wait. Wait for the power and then do what you got to do. Listen, he wants to clothe you with power. He wants to give you authority. He wants to lead you in truth and love. And Acts 1.8, it says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When you are baptized in the spirit of God, you will have an incredible boldness and ability to share your faith like you've never had before. Why is that? Because remember, what's the primary job of the Holy Spirit? To point people to Jesus. If you are full of the Holy Spirit, what do you think the Holy Spirit is going to lead you to do? Point people to Jesus. You're going to have a boldness because you have an authority and it feels different, y'all. It's just different. I don't know how else to tell you. He wants to use you and back it up with the supernatural power of God. The word of God says that the gospel is not a matter of talk, but of power. That's in your Bible. Look it up. A lot of people want to talk the talk, but a lot of people have no power to back it up. I'm talking to myself sometimes. I got to remind myself to be filled again with the Holy Spirit. Be filled again and again and again. The, the measure of how full you are in something is if you're overflowing. If I'm completely, if this water bottle, this water bottle, like normally when they come, it's like right about here. Okay. And, but they can sell that as full. That's, that's what we would all consider full. But to be truly full, completely full, you got to pour a little extra. It's got to come out a little bit. And then that's how you know it's full, right? Holy Spirit, when you're full of the Holy Spirit, you are overflowing. What's the overflow for? The people all around you. That's what it's for. God wants to use you. He wants to empower you. He wants to give you victory over the enemy. And no weapon against you will prosper. You believe that? No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Jesus has already defeated death, hell, and the grave. We have nothing to fear. And when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit of God, you now have extra power and extra authority, man, that you do not have if you're just walking in your own power and the knowledge of Christ. Man, I don't want to just know about God. I want to have the power from God. I don't want to just know about God. I want to walk with God and see what God will do through me to change this place, to change Kyle, Texas, San Marcos, Buda, wherever it is that you come from, your family, the people in your life that don't know God yet. Man, God wants to use you to impact them in a miraculous way. Amen? He wants to see amazing things happen in you and through you. And God told me, you know, when we were going to start this series on the book of Acts, he I was nervous to do a whole year in one book. And I said this last week, but, you know, should we do a whole year? Like there's so many other things we could talk about, marriage, finances, parenting, hope, faith, all, you know, all these things that we could talk about and different, there's so many books of the Bible. Like, do we just really need to focus on one? And God said to me, if you haven't had an encounter with my spirit yet, nothing else matters. Doesn't matter. You will not be the best parent you can be until you are led by the Holy Spirit. Your marriage will get better when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be able to share your faith better when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You'll be a better employee. You'll be a better business owner when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will tell you things. It's incredible. He'll teach you things. 
So I told you I'd tell you some stories. Let me tell you a story, okay? This happened last night and this morning, okay? It's great. So this is how the Holy Spirit works. It's just one example. Last night, about 11 p.m., God told me to wake up. Holy Spirit told me to wake up at 5 a.m. I said, absolutely not. (laughs) It's 11 p.m., Lord Jesus. No. So I set my alarm for 5 (laughs) a.m. Reluctantly, knowing that I was not going to get a lot of sleep. And I woke woke up at 5 this morning, and I was just like, oh, what is happening right now? Like, why am I up? Lord, what's going on? Why did you tell me to do this? So I start praying, because I feel like that's where, you know, if you don't know what else to do, just start praying. And then... I'm like, well, I guess I'll just get up. I'm waking Lindsay up over here, kind of just like tossing and turning myself. She's probably like, what are you doing over there? You know, I'm like, okay, fine. I'll get up and get ready and just, I guess I'll go to the church. I don't know. So as I get up, I start getting dressed. I get a call from Keaton Fouts, our kid's pastor. Where you hear all that screaming from out there? Yeah, that's him. So, and um, he says, hey, uh, Pastor Trevor, I'm here at the church. I got here early because I'm supposed to be helping uh, watch some kiddos for the worship team. And I had to get some stuff done. And there's a semi parked out in the middle of the parking lot out here and we're not gonna be able to park anybody today there's no way it's gonna work and I said oh Lord Jesus what is going on right now it's 5 15 5 20 in the morning let me just tell you I've never in the four years of this church got a call at 5 a.m from anybody the staff member volunteer never on a Sunday morning somebody called me at 5 a.m And here I am 15 minutes awake and I've already been praying and I get this call at 515 talking about a semi that's literally it was, it was, he sent me pictures. Okay. It was parked right out in the middle. No way we could park everybody. You know how many people we have on Sunday now. It's kind of crazy. Okay. The parking situation is already wild. Last week I had emailed the property management company and I said, Hey, we got to do something about the parking. There's like trailers sticking out all the way. And you know, if you park here, it's, it's kind of crazy. We do apologize. All right. So but it is what it is. So I emailed him and I said, hey, like we got to do something about this. And now this week it's worse? Did you do it out of spite? Like because of my email? Like what is happening? So I'm like typing this angry email this morning. I'm so mad. And I'm just like, you, I told you to fix this and you didn't. Now there's a big old semi in the middle. You know, I'm just like getting after it. So I take the next 30 minutes to type out this, this angry email at like 525 in the morning, you know? And after I was done with the email, it was like four paragraphs. I read it through and I was about to send it. And then God just kind of spoke to my heart and he was like, what are you doing? And I was like, trying to fix the parking situation. And he's like, I didn't ask you to do that. Okay. What am I supposed to be doing? Then God took me back to a moment a few years ago during COVID before we started our church. We were supposed to launch in 2020, uh, September of 2020 at Negley Elementary on the other side. And um, the district, school district called and said, hey, you're not going to be able to launch your church because COVID is too bad. And we're telling all the churches that they're not allowed to meet in the schools in, Hays, in, in all of Hay CISD. So I was mad. I was upset was frustrated for three days. I just huffed and puffed and paced around my office and around the house. And I was complaining to Lindsay, my wife. And, and finally she, you know, sounds a whole lot like the Holy Spirit sometimes. And she said, 
Have you prayed about this yet? I think you should just stop being so mad about it and give it up to God and just see, maybe he'll take care of it for you. And I was like, ugh, whatever. (laughs) So I went to my office and got on my hands and knees, put my face on the ground and just started crying out to God. I was like, God, you gotta fix this because I can't, I don't know what else to do. I don't have any pull here. You're gonna have to do something. Crying out to God. Two days later, our principal Principal Crowther from Negley Elementary gives me a call and says, hey, I just want to let you know, I just got off the phone with the district and I heard about what they were trying to do, not letting you guys launch the church in in September in a couple months. And I just want to let you know, I chewed them out and said, this is my school and I can do whatever I want with my school. And I told this church that they were going to be able to meet. They've already been blessing our our school and loving on our our staff and our, our students and everything this is my school. I'm going to do whatever I want. And this church is launching in September. So I just want to let you know that you guys are good to go. I hang up the phone. I ran in and I told Lindsay and she was like, I know I told you, (laughs) but that's how God moves. Amen. That's how God works. And we were the only church that met in the school in all of Hayes CISD. All the other churches got kicked out and they still to this day come to me and they will say, how did you guys do that? And I'll say, I didn't do anything. It's all God. I didn't do anything, literally nothing. And so God reminded me of that moment when I was trying to fix it and trying to figure it out instead of just focusing on him. I was distracted by what I saw in front of me. And God took me back to that moment this morning and he said, don't get distracted from what I want you to do today. There's somebody that needs to receive my spirit this morning. And you're supposed to be praying for that. You're supposed to be praying for these people that will be here this morning and you're getting distracted. It was a test of distraction for me this morning. I failed. But luckily, I heard the Holy Spirit enough and he taught me something this morning. That's how the Spirit of God works. That's just one example. So many other things that he will do in your life. And I believe that God will have miracle after miracle after miracle. We will see healings in this room right here, right here at the front. We'll see people sitting down in worship. People will just start to be getting healed. I'm telling you, it's gonna happen. Because we serve a miracle working God. And this is how... Spirit of God works. But listen, um, he wants to baptize you in his spirit and it's available to you today. So my question is, have you received the Holy Spirit that Jesus promised? It's a promise. Old Testament, New Testament, have you received the promise yet? All you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is pray, but you gotta be hungry for it, man. I'm telling you, God doesn't just drop his spirit on people who are gonna be flipping about it. No, you gotta be hungry for God. I didn't receive the Holy Spirit until I was 15 years old, which I know sounds old or young, but let me tell you, ah, no, I can't, I ain't got time for that. I'll tell you that story later. I was 15, got knocked out in the playground. It was hilarious. Anyway, they thought I was possessed by a demon. I was just speaking in tongues. Anyway, here we go. (laughs) I gotta tell you that story later. Oh man, listen. but I was desperate for God, 15 years old, laying down on the ground, crying out to God for more. Let me tell you, you get desperate for God, he'll show up. He promised he would. 
The disciples, they waited 10 days and they prayed together. They were all kinds of different people. They were messed up. They had their own thoughts and they were arguing all the time with each other. Who's the greatest, Jesus? And he was like, why don't y'all stop worrying about the things that don't matter and focus on me, right? They argued with each other all the time. They were young adults. They were high school, young adult age. That was the disciples that had all kinds of problems. But when they got into the upper room and they were praying for the Holy Spirit of fire to come, let me tell you, there was no division in that room for the next 10 days when they prayed. They were focused on one thing, which was we want more of God. We need the spirit of God to come. Jesus said we got to stay and be clothed in power from on high. And so I'm asking somebody here today, do you want the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to live within you and work through you and your family to see miracle signs and wonders happen in your life? Let me tell you, I need that. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit before, but you haven't been walking in power and authority, you need to get filled again, okay? So why don't you stand up in this place right now? And I need somebody here in just a moment, when I count to three, I need somebody who's excited to get more of God. Maybe you don't even understand what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. It doesn't matter. They didn't know what it was either. They had no clue. And yet they were hungry for more. So if you're hungry and desperate for more of God here today, on the count of three, I need you right up here at the front. One, two, three. Come on up front. We're going to pray with you. I want you to just worship God. We're going to sing this song that we trust in God. He is good. And he is answering our prayers this morning. That, that Man, I need a church that is alive. Amen. I don't need a dead church. I need a church that's full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Changing hearts and lives outside of these four walls. So if you're hungry for God, I need you up here. Find a spot. It doesn't matter where. You can kneel. You can stand. Come on, say. Saw the Lord. There you go. Come on. And he yeah. heard and he answered. I saw the Lord and he heard and Come on, lift him up. Lift him up. Holy Spirit, come. Yeah. 
we worship you. We give you praise, God. Come on, just keep pressing in for a minute. Don't stop. Just pray. Come on. We worship you, God. We lift you up, Lord. We want more of you. We're hungry for you. We're desperate for you, God. We need you, Lord. We don't want to do this on our own, God. We need power and authority that you promised. This isn't something that we're trying to get that's unavailable, Lord, but you have made yourself available to us. Jesus, you left and the Father sent the Holy Spirit, and I know, Holy Spirit, that you are here for us right here, right now. There is power to heal. There is power to save. There is power to deliver in the name of Jesus here, right now. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives within us. But man, we need the baptism of fire, the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be empowered to do more. So God, we ask for more. We need more of your Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. We ask that you would move in this place. There's some people in here today that you maybe have never heard this kind of teaching before. You don't really, maybe a lot of people in our church grew up Catholic. A lot of people grew up different denominations, okay? Let me tell you something. This is not about a denomination, okay? The disciples, they didn't know anything that was happening to them when they received the Holy Spirit. They didn't know what was going to happen. And yet they received the Holy Spirit. It's not a, this is Jesus. This is Bible, okay? It has nothing to do with how you grew up. There's so many mindsets that are going to have to get broken. I'm going to be honest. A lot of mindsets are going to have to be changed. And that's okay. That's fine. That's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit will help you to break off those, those bad mindsets and views of God that aren't true. We're going to learn who God is over the next year. You're going to encounter the presence of God in a way that you've never encountered him before. I really do believe that. We're going to see miracles in this place, and it's going to happen in you, in your life, but then it's going to start to happen through you, right? Because the miracle isn't just for you. It's for the people outside of these four walls. Amen? So let me encourage you today. If you're like, hey, I don't really know about all this stuff, man, I just encourage you, go read it for yourself. Go pray. Go seek after God. I'm, I'm not even preaching about the baptism of the Holy Spirit yet. I haven't even told you anything about it. Because I feel like the word for you today is just simply like get hungry for it, you know? Like get hungry for God. There's no reason in me teaching you about what the Holy Spirit does and is and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Why would I teach you about that if you're not even hungry for it? You gotta get hungry for God. Then we'll bring some teaching in and I'll tell you about how God operates and how the Holy Spirit works and we'll pray for healing and we'll pray for all kinds. Tonight, we're gonna be praying for healing. I can't wait. It's gonna be fantastic. If you need a healing in your body, come tonight. We're gonna worship and pray together. Um, You're gonna learn. We'll learn and we'll grow together and we'll believe for bigger things than what we've seen, uh, than what we've already seen, amen? So I believe that God's gonna baptize people in the Holy Spirit. It's gonna look different for every single one of you. Those of you that are up here, thank God for you. Thank you that you're here, that you are seeking after God, that you want more of God. I think it's just a representation of you saying, hey, I want more, I want more, I want more. God, use me, like fill me. Maybe some of you are here today and you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. You need it again. All throughout the book of Acts, I'm gonna teach on this later, it talks about getting filled again, being filled again and again. It's not a one-time event. It's an everyday thing. I need to wake up full. And if I'm not, I need to get full, okay? So let me pray for every single one of you. I think God's gonna do something powerful the next few weeks. I want you to come back. Don't leave. Don't leave. Come back. 
see what God will do. I can promise you it will change your life. All right, let's pray. Father God, baptize these people in your spirit. Lord, they don't even know what that looks like, some of these people, but they don't need to know. Lord, just do it. Just do it, Father. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Move in their hearts, move in their lives, God. Some of you are worried about uh, you're not perfectly cleaned up yet. And you're thinking, I gotta get, I gotta get right. I gotta get my life right first before I can ask for the Holy Spirit. The only prerequisite for receiving the Holy Spirit is belief in Jesus. That's it. That's it. And it's not that it's not in the Bible anywhere. You don't get to decide how God gives his gifts. He decides that. Okay. So don't let doubt or judgment, like self-condemnation, stop you from asking for the Holy Spirit. Don't do that. Because somebody here is doing that right now. So don't do that. Okay. Let me pray for you one more time. We'll get out of here. Father God, thank you for everybody here. Do what only you can do. Thank you that you're increasing our hunger, you're increasing our expectation, you're increasing our faith for more. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for God in this place today. Let's give him praise. Amen. Hey, God bless you so much. If you want to stay and pray for a little bit, by all means, please stick around. God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Come back tonight for worship. We'd love to see you.